0: Hey friends, welcome to episode six of the High Performance Coaching Podcast. And today's episode is going to piggyback right off of episode five on messy action. So if you haven't already listened to it, I highly suggest you go back and listen. But today's podcast is gonna be on the concept I heard called failure tolerance. So here's the thing, in order to grow, it takes messy action. But in addition to that, it takes you increasing your ability to tolerate failure. So in my recent podcast, I talked about how we've been taught our whole lives how to avoid failure so you don't get brownie points in school for getting an F. (laughs) We get a lower GPA, probably a sense of shame, and maybe the loss of phone privileges if you had a mom like mine. But if we get good grades, then we get way more opportunities open to us, like to get into a better college and better jobs and maybe a treat from your parents. Basically, it's like ingrained into us from the time our brains start to mature as children to literally avoid failure because failure is a direct reflection of who you are and how your life will turn out. So a great example of how we actually exemplify this in 3M is through the Friday folders. So there's like an incredible section on business wins that house like a ton of large scale victories for our fellow coworkers, but you don't see a section on business failures because that sounds counterproductive, right? And here's the thing. I'm not remotely saying we shouldn't celebrate successes. I will be doing an entire podcast on celebrating and I could go on a tangent on how we don't celebrate enough actually. But setting all that aside, there are two different definitions of failure in the dictionary. And I think it's very easy to see how one ties to mental suffering and the other actually ties to mental strengthening. And so here they are. So the definition of failure can be defined as a lack of success, Or the second definition defines failure as omission of expected or required action. So another definition I actually heard was um, failure is a non-occurrence. So what if we viewed not getting a sale as a non-occurrence of a sale? So the outcome did not occur. What if we were taught to accumulate failures and develop a tolerance for them so that there was no other chances left but to succeed? So many people have such a low tolerance for failures because they don't want to have to climb the mountain or overcome their own self-limiting beliefs. They just want to end. They really just want the end result because that's what's celebrated like in the Friday folders. So why do we focus so heavily on getting people to try the product and get a trial going? (laughs) Because it takes the pressure off of us for the failure. So instead of overcoming our own brains and evolving and creating self-belief, we want to place the entirety of the sale on the product. So if it doesn't go well, we can say, well, it wasn't due to my own skills. It was due to the product or how the trial went or how the customer was. And I'm calling all of, this on, I'm calling all of us on this because I've done the same thing and it costs us our success. The complaining and excuses, it's just not a good enough reason for us not to succeed. And the more you indulge in this behavior, the less you're actually growing in success. You're literally just sitting exactly where you started. So today, I'm going to talk about how to increase failure tolerance because I've seen way too many people quit early on what they actually want, and myself is included in that. So many people, I'm sure, are jumping on this podcast to listen because they want to be told the actions they need to take to be successful. But the only way to figure out how to do something is to just do it. So think about it. When something new is invented in the world that had never been created before, how did they figure it out? They just started doing it, right? They just started creating. People think they need someone who has already done it to show them how to do it, and that's how you get smarter and better. But the opposite is actually true. To be truly extraordinary, you have to go out and try to do something, and that's going to create a lot of failure. You can figure anything out on your own. All you have to do is try and fail. So the first question I'm going to ask you is on a scale of one to 10, what would you rate your failure tolerance at? I want you to write it down right now. And here are some questions I want you to think about when you're deciding your scale. So when you fail, does it ignite you? Does it make you want to try harder? Does it make you want to call more customers? Does it make you want to practice more? Or does it make you want to quit? Does it make you want to complain? Does it make you want to make excuses on how you don't know, don't know enough? Does it make you want to do something else like clean your house or talk to a coworker, so you're not putting yourself in the line of fire for another failure? Here's the thing. If you never fail, you will never know your limits. You have to push yourself to failure to know where your limit is on all things so you know where to learn. If you set a super low or generic goal, like I want to make 20 customer calls a week, you don't actually risk anything at all. You set that goal that way for a reason, and it's to avoid the chance you could fail, like really fail the goal or fail in any epic way. So next month, I'm actually going to be sending out a podcast on how to set goals, which I highly recommend you listen to when it's released because it's truly a game changer, but back on track. I want to see that failure is completely harmless, like it is completely harmless. It's just an emotion. The worst part of failure is just feeling it. So once you allow yourself to not be scared to feel any emotion and you finally realize that you're not going to die from feeling those things, a whole new world of possibility opens up to you and your energy increases because now all you see is possibility, So it's kind of like when you finally close an account and the account says something like, this product is incredible and I need more of it. You start to see all these other possibilities you can now tie into that sale and it makes you more inclined to talk to the customer, to check in, to stop in. But when you allow your failure tolerance to be so low that you won't even call on one account because they said no the last three times, I really don't even think you can call that a failure. (laughs) It's like failure deserves more credit than that. You actually have to do something to fail. Otherwise, you're just failing ahead of time, which isn't even a legit fail. It's really just stagnation, which is another key point like I'm going to mention here right now because when I'm talking about failure tolerance, I'm not talking about going out there and being sloppy. So I'm not talking about going out there with this mentality of failing ahead of time because failing ahead of time is actually you pre-deciding to fail. (laughs) So I'm telling you to learn how to fail productively by failing forward. So just like in the grocery store analogy I used on the last episode, expect stop signs and red lights. You wouldn't just drive all over looking for a grocery store. You had a plan. You chose a grocery store, maybe you have a grocery list. You had a route in mind and you expected stop signs and red lights in that route. Failing forward requires an action plan. Failing ahead of time doesn't. So practically speaking, then, how do you increase failure tolerance? Well, the first thing you do is you change what failure means in your brain. So you actually separate your worthiness from your actions and your results. You have to remember that regardless of the results that you're creating or the thoughts you're thinking or the feelings that you're feeling, you are inherently worthy. Once you separate your worthiness from results, then failure becomes just information, So when I tell you to use the model and write it down, I'm telling you to do this to collect data. For example, when I tell you to write down a circumstance, a great example is writing down an email you got. So maybe someone emails you saying something like, now is not a good time to meet, or we don't need you at this time. Then I want you to write down your thought, which I'm sure you're thinking, well, they don't like me, or great, that's another account I lost, which I'm sure brings up feelings of disappointment and shame. And then here's the kicker, (laughs) writing down the actions you took because of how you were feeling, which may have been to take them off your call list or decide to call them like next year or just respond with an email like, okay, let me know if you need anything, (laughs) which I used to do all the time. And once you have that model, I don't want you to use that model against yourself. So I don't want you to see all the inactions you took and create the result and criticize yourself. I want you to see that model and view it as data, and the thoughts you were thinking were just that, just thoughts. They are completely independent from who you are as a person, and you can change them at any time. Life really is just a series of models that create different results, and some results move you forward, and some won't. So a lot of people like to think about success as if success is the only thing that moves us forward, but here's what I want you to see. Attempts are what move us forward. Our actions move us forward, whether we get the result we want or not, we are always moving forward. So when you're able to look at your results line and actually recognize that your result is just an effect of your action, it then becomes your new circumstance. And then you recognize that it's just entirely neutral. It's just data. It makes you curious. Like, huh, why did I respond that way? How could I respond differently to get a different outcome? What is the outcome I'm even trying to achieve with this customer? Was it to make a sale or was it just because I felt obligated to reach out to them? This is truly like a self-correcting process of sales. So if you do something and it doesn't work, try something else until it works. So when someone says, well, I tried that and it didn't work or the process didn't work for me. Well, I mean, of course that's not true because the whole process is to keep going until it works. So if you say that it doesn't work, you just haven't been doing it long enough and that's it. Failure is simply an emotion that we're trying to avoid. So in order to increase failure tolerance, you have to be willing to look at how your customers respond to you in a neutral way, collect it as data, and create an action plan and test out the outcome of the result. You may fail 5, 10, 15 times, but you're collecting all the ways it didn't work for you and you will increase your chance of success. So I'm going to end with this. We do all these tests to determine our strengths, but then we all think we need to do the same actions when really the starting action or training that's given to us is just that, a start. I'm asking you to be willing to do the best version of what you know how to do in order to learn and then keep trying. Creating failure tolerance is hard work, but the harder it is, the stronger you get. And with that, I'm going to end this podcast by reminding you guys, if you are interested in coaching with me for a one-on-one for 45 minutes a week in January, please, please feel free to apply at the link that I've actually attached to this podcast. I do currently have a wait list, so feel free to select yes if you want to be added to it. And I hope you all have an amazing week. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.